This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino, Weeks, Scully, our second year in review special. And guys, I know we did a year in review special already regarding the major season that was 2019 and reflecting back. But this is my favorite year in review special because... Well, A, we get to talk a lot of Canadiana this week, which is great because, you know, it was a great year for Canadian golf on a global scale in many different directions you could take that. But also we get to do our predictions and we get to do our winners weird and what of the year. And there was certainly no shortage there and head scratching and things to celebrate, etc. And uh, I'm wondering if I can just ban Tiger. Can I officially ban Tiger from winners weird and what? Because wow. then it got... <laughs> I knew Scully's face if I said that. No, no, he he was not my my winner this year. Okay, okay. Uh, But uh, there's no ban, so I'm just throwing it out there, right? Because I was thinking, it's just so easy to just make Tiger your winner. Yeah. But I I know we're not, not, maybe none of us went there. I I didn't. I I was scrambling around and looking for some things. But we're going to get into all of it today here on our Year in Review Part 2. And why don't we start with Brooke? I had a weird time thinking about Brooks' year because at first glance, with the two wins, I mean, the consistent play, the large bucket of top tens, large bucket of made cuts, it's kind of like exactly what I expect from Brooke Henderson. To me, this is kind of like what I think should be a standard year. And if she hits three wins or four wins in a season and maybe grabs a major, it's a great year. And if she has less than two wins in a season, it's a subpar year. But to me, she's gotten so good, so fast, so consistent so quickly that I just chalk her up for two wins and a large bucket of top tens and ho-hum, and that's the starting line. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, really, it's and I've said this before, where... The yardstick that we use to measure Brooke Henderson is almost unfair. Like if you, if, if, let's, let's say, take the year she had this year and give that to Adam Hadwin or Corey Connors oh. or Mackenzie Hughes. We're having a parade. <laughs> I was just going to say, we'd be building the statue yeah, in, the, right. in the town yeah. square, right? Yeah. I mean, it's almost unfair because of how good she is that we expect it. And yet in some ways, I mean, she had a great year in the fact that she, she won eight and nine. She became the winningest Canadian player, PGA Tour, LPGA Tour of all time. She's that she did all that before she was twenty before she had her twenty second birthday. But on the other hand, it's the first year since she turned professional that she hasn't had a top ten on a major. Right. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a disappointment. And her game's in that built respect. for that. Right. And you sort of you sort of think, why why is this one part not adding up to the second part? Because she should be a major champion. She should be contending them in week in, week out. But um I mean it's hard not to think that she is just on the cusp of, of becoming even better than she already is. But, you know, to Bob's point and to my point off the top of where the starting line is, Adam, mm-hmm. a, a victim of your own success. <laughs> like, it's like the bar is so high that we just already just count, like, we're, we're, we brush off two wins. Like, oh, yeah, okay, we expected that, right? And to Bob's point, if any of our boys, any of them, had two wins and as many top tens and did what she did on, on, on a global scale and on a, on a world ranking scale. Again, we'd be building a statue, mm-hmm. building floats, having a parade, 
it's almost unfair. Yeah, it really is almost unfair because when you think about it, for her to do this, you know, nine wins in her first 114 starts, like to look back, you know, Mike Weir is obviously, you know, he's had this unbelievable career, Masters champion in 03. He had eight wins in 449 starts at the yeah. time. Like, like that, that. That's nuts. Think about that. And, you know, to, I think we should be celebrating Brooke a little more. Like, t- for her to do this accomplishment at this such a, a young age is, is remarkable. And we saw in some other sports, like Bianca Andrescu won the U.S. Open tennis, and we obviously celebrated like crazy for well, that. Was, you but know, Brooke, Brooke Henderson should be somewhat okay, similar, but I we, think. To be fair, I, I don't disagree yeah. with you. I don't disagree with you. But to be fair, when Brooke first broke on, when she grabbed the major over Lydia and she went yeah. on Canadian soil, we did celebrate it to that degree. Right. It, it took over everything. Mm-hmm. Bianca, it was the first time. The first time's always the greatest. It's the first big pop. It's like Mike winning the Masters. Exactly. Yeah. And then now it's like, again, now it's like, okay, the level of expectations have changed. To be fair, she won an inaugural Hall of Fame uh, award this year as voted on by the public the first time ever so if you want to talk about this this young lady's popularity amongst the Canadian sports fan you don't need to look any further than than that award um, again it, it's it's word of blame word of blame it's the media that that we build these things up we change the landscape we change the expectation maybe the maybe the 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 casual sports fan is celebrating her the same way they had a year ago and two years ago maybe it's it's our level of expectation i think we have an acceptance of what she's capable of and they've sort of put that measuring stick to it but you're right i think the fan base we have to acknowledge is now way beyond just canada i mean she is a star everywhere and you know, you look at the coverage she gets when she's on American television. You look at the uh, re- the what what she gets the response from fans when she's over in Asia on the Asian tour, which they seem to be over there three times a year, whatever it is. I mean, she is a bona fide. Look at look at the PGA or the LPGA tours marketing campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's front and center and all those. So I think the one thing that I'm sort of a little bit worried about is all this happening. Um, in a big way, and does she have, so far, she's had the, the ability to handle it, no problem, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point she just sort of says, you know what, I'm going to take a week off, or I'm going to take a month off, or I'm going to go away for a little bit, because I want to have a real normal life for a little bit. She's, she's had so much, and she loves to play right now, but there's going to come a day in the not-too-distant future, I think, where she's going to scale back just a little bit. Well, you know, I got, I got in... Uh attacked a little bit, which doesn't happen very often, because I'm not very active on social media, to be bluntly honest. Yeah. I try to avoid it like the plague uh, for multiple reasons. But I, I, you know, as Bob and I do, and you do as well, Scully, doing uh, you know radio hits for the TSN Radio Network uh, this year, I believe it was following a Brooke Henderson victory. I was asked on a show about, you know, what's the, what's the potential for Brooke? And to, to Bob's point, you know, I kind of said, listen, the sky's the limit for this girl and da da da. But there are a lot of unknowns. So let's just, and my unknowns were, you know, maybe she wants some time off. Maybe she wants to take a little personal time. She's a 22 year old young lady. We've, I said, we don't know how much longer golf is going to be number one in her life. At some point, 30, 28, 34, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't happen. I don't know. I, I'm not in Brooke's head. Maybe she decides she wants to have a family. We've seen other ladies in the game at the top level mm-hmm. choose to walk away because they want the, the priorities change. Of course, that was taken out of context. I got attacked by, you know, well, you wouldn't say that about a a, a, a male golfer. I'm sorry. It's just biology. It's, it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, you know, yeah. it's a, I'm, it just, and 
Who knows? But my point was, she's that good. She can be as good as she wants. She has the power. She's empowered here to do whatever she wants, and she's that talented. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam, when we, when we look at it, is, is that unfair to say? Because to Bob's point, this is a lot very quickly. 22 years old. Uh-huh. How long can you stay at that level of intensity? For well, and, and not get burned out That's by I mean. travel, by everything. And, and not want other things. And we saw in her first couple of years, she would play every week. And I believe... She hasn't scaled back a lot. Well, and, and this year, she took two weeks off before the CP Women's Open, I think. Right. So that was sort of her first, like... We all went, what's she, wrong? Yeah, she's, she's <laughs> prepping for this, you know, and, and she had a great finish there. Uh, so, yeah, like, is she injured? Yeah, that's the, But that's the other aspect. She has no... Had, she's been injury-free. Knock on wood. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all that all part, too. But I don't think it's unfair. I think... I think if you look at her social media, you know, there's other things in her life a little bit. You can start to see creeping in a little, a little bit. more. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I think she's still driven and I still think she loves to play golf. I still think she's going to play a busier schedule than most players in that time or in that, at, at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I, I don't know. I mean, this, this is a big year for Brooke. Don't forget, this is the Olympics. Yeah. Olympic year, which we can get into at some point in the, sh- in the show, obviously. She, at the last time when she came to the Olympics, she kind of crumbled under all the pressure, sort of tried to do too much. So she's a little bit more of a mature player, but imagine if she won the gold medal, or imagine if she won any medal. I mean, that would be, just turn things even higher. Well, it's, it's also her second, it will be her second time in the, in the Olympics at 22 years old, which is yeah, that, crazy. That is <laughs> absolutely crazy. And I, I wonder how the Olympics, the Olympics is going to feel so different this time oh, around. Oh my goodness, Like yeah. compared, to, remember yep. the conversations we were having about guys not going and the... The, cl- women, the women's side, in fairness, all the top players. Very yeah. support, yes. Men's side, you're right. Right, but generally speaking, in a big picture, it was a lot of conversation. Also with the the, the course would it be ready? Remember we were having that yep. conversation? And, and the surrounding areas of some Zika of the... virus. Yes. Oh, my God. This is going to be very different. Uh, just to get back to a point you made earlier, Bob, about Brooks' star not being a Canadian star, about being a global sco- uh, star. One of my favorite quotes this year was from Michael Wan, a, a commissioner of the LPGA Tour, who said, if I had 100 Brooke Hendersons, this could be one of the. This could be maybe the biggest tour in the world. If I had a hundred Brooke Hendersons, it was something along those lines. I'm riffing a bit there, but it was something along those lines. And his point was that Brooke is a global star, that is uh, popular in every country she goes. Not by just the way she plays, but by the way she carries herself and her and just the energy around her. She's a complete package. And if he had a hundred of them, that uh, that she just gets it and people love her. And I thought that was just a, a wonderful quote for Canadians this year. And and fr- from a fans' perspective, I always tell people that you know when the CP Women's Open was at Magna this year, go watch Brooke because to see her hit a golf ball in person is mesmerizing because she really isn't that tall nope. and she absolutely forty eight inch driver. Yeah, and she crushes it and. And um, if her putter is on that particular week, she is going to contend because she hits the ball so darn well. She told me one time, she said, you know, if I, the day I, I, I stop playing aggressive is the day I stop playing. That's yeah. what she, she's grip it and rip it kind of player. And, uh, and she's amongst the longest drivers on the tour. And as Adam says, when she, uh, when she gets that putter working, look out. It's fun to watch. Love mm-hmm. it. Love watching her in the wind. Love watching her hit it hard. Forty inch, forty eight inch driver. She's got it choked down. She's on her toes at impact. <laughs> she's just going at it. She plays. Uh, she ha- plays with a Canadian mentality. I love yeah. it. So good for her. All right. On the other side, we're going to hear from Brooke as Bob went one on one with her on multiple occasions in 2019. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Launch into performance with the all-new 2019 lineup. Visit Acura.ca for all models and dealer incentives.
This is an encore presentation of Golf Talk Canada. If you're up for it, you can listen to the show live every Saturday morning at 8 on TSN 1050. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, our year in review special, part two. We're going to get to a lot today, winners, weird, and what of the year, predictions. Taking a look at the Canadian pitcher, however, and how can you not talk Canadian golf without talking Brooke Henderson. Another great year, two wins. She was already having a sex- successful season as we got to the CP Women's Open at Magna. Uh, Bob had an opportunity to go one-on-one with Brooke as we headed in to that Canadian Open in Aurora. All right, Brooke Henderson, it's been almost a year since that uh, majestic victory, and uh, you've obviously talked about it a lot, you've been asked about it a lot, you've thought about it a lot, but when you go back now a year, is there anything unusual that stands out about that anything small that stands out about that win in your memory bank um to be honest i think the whole week was just so special you know to go out and shoot two minus sixes right out of the gate thursday friday and be so close to the top of the leaderboard come the weekend was just so exciting and you know that was success for me already you know being at this near the top of the leaderboard leading the event going into the final round i was like wow this is really cool and even if i never get back to this chance uh this is something that i'll remember and then but i also didn't want to give up on that opportunity because i knew it was a special one so you know i just tried to go out sunday and make something special happen and something special really did happen you know to be able to hoist that trophy to have my family friends cp all there to support me on the 18th green and you know last year was a tough year for my family you know losing both my grandfathers and in saskatchewan you know the humble broncos with that huge bus disaster uh i think it was really special for the province of saskatchewan to have that really cool victory and to celebrate with all their fans all right so a year later you're coming back to magna golf club uh closer to home for you what do you do for an encore (laughs) i know i've been thinking about that actually um but i'm really excited to be back in ontario a little bit closer to home uh to be defending champion of our national open that sounds really awesome and you know i'm just hopefully come here get a good strategy um the week of put in some good practice get the proper rest that i need going into the event and you know hopefully put some good scores up on the board and put myself in in a position where i can do something special on saturday sunday all right since that time you've also won twice eight and nine the majestic number nine now when you won number nine you were talking about being nervous coming down the stretch and i wanted to ask you were you nervous because it was just in the situation you were winning a tournament or was the ninth victory on your mind yeah, definitely on my mind. Uh, you know, I love that Meyer LPGA Classic. It's really a special event. You know, I won it in 2017 as well. And it was Father's Day, which made it even a little bit more uh, special. Um, but, you know, just coming down the stretch, I knew there was a ton of players really close to the lead. And if I didn't make par in the last hole, you know, I would have had a four-way playoff, I guess. So I was just trying to make sure I didn't do anything stupid. And for some reason, you know, I think thinking that I was breaking this record and getting my ninth win on the LPJ Tour, which is unreal. I just had a little more nerves than I normally do, and I wasn't sure what was happening, but I was able to calm them enough to get the job done and make par on 18. You're 21 years old, and you've, you've already broken records that took people their careers to set. 
uh, Sandra and George and Mike. And um, I mean, have you ever stopped to wonder why you're able to do that? Why you're so good at this age? Uh, you know, I, I'm so grateful. Um, my family, my mom, my dad have sacrificed so much for my sister and I to live this journey. To have my sister by my side every single day um, is incredible. And we have so much fun together. And I, I think, you know, there's something special. And I'm just, hopefully I can ride it out as long as I can. You know, win a bunch more times, put myself in contention be a part of something amazing like CP Has Heart and be able to give back to the communities and to help young kids like Kyle, who is the child ambassador this year for this event. I think I'm in a really amazing place right now and I just hope I can keep it going. With the U.S. Open this year, we were talking to Nick Taylor, and he mentioned the fact that he was inspired by you winning that ninth time. Adam Hadwin has said he's just, he thinks you're just amazing. <laughs> Mike Weir talks about it. Sandra Post, I know, mentioned that, you know, she said there was no way that my record was ever going to stand again. When you think about that, when you think about you're the face of, of this, this tournament, when you think about the impact you have on lives like the CP Child Ambassador here and all those kind of things, does it ever get a little bit overwhelming? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, it's sort of hard to believe sometimes. You know, I'm just trying to be a better person and a better golfer every single day and trying to push myself to be the best that I can be. And, you know, I have small goals along the way and winning tournaments are definitely among those. And, you know, hopefully I can just, like I said, continue on this trend, winning multiple times a year um, and putting myself in positions where I can move my Rolex ranking up a little bit, my CME rank, get it close to that number one spot, and just keep on improving. And I think if I can help inspire the younger generation, that'd be pretty cool too. Congratulations, and we'll see you in, uh, in August. Cool. Thanks, Bobby. Well, it was a close call for Brooks. She was trying to get it done back-to-back times on Canadian soil. What an achievement that would have been. And the thing that impresses me most about Brooke is the fact that she can take the rock with the last second on the clock and not blink. She just wants the pressure. It seems to be the bigger the moment, the better she performs. It was a close call. Up in Magnus, she played well. She carried herself well. Now the face of this championship for years to come. And Bob went one-on-one following the CP Women's Open with Brooke Henderson. All right, Brooke, it was a solid day out there on Sunday, but to beat someone like Jin Young-Ko in the way she was playing, I guess you had to be pretty much phenomenal out there, didn't you? How, how would you sum up today? Uh, yeah, you know, she played fantastic all day. You know, a ton of birdies, especially down the stretch. So I feel like a win for me today, I would have had to probably shoot like 59. So, you know, to shoot three under in the final round, to have these amazing crowds that I had all week, and, you know, to finish T3, uh, I'm really happy with it. You know, it's, it's tough to win out here on the LPGA Tour against the best players in the world, and I feel like I... I made a solid title defense, and I'm just looking forward to the rest of the season. How are you emotionally at this point when you come off a tournament like this where it means so much? Uh, yeah, you know, this is an uh, incredible event, and it does mean so much to me. Uh, being a champion here is really cool. Being a CP ambassador and raising so much money for CP has heart. Uh, it's just an incredible feeling. You know, 2.2 million again this year. It's unreal. I think... Um, of course, I would love to hoist that trophy again sometime, but, you know, for me, this week, it just wasn't meant to be. So last year, uh, sorry, two, two years ago in Ottawa, you contended. Last year, you obviously won. This year, you contended. And coincidentally, those are the three biggest attendants in CP Women's <laughs> Open history. Do you feel the love out here? Uh, definitely. You know, the fans from early Thursday morning were out here cheering me on, and I feel like I had made a lot of birdies, and hopefully I made it exciting for them. What's up next now? 
I'm excited to go back to Portland where I've won twice and you know maybe get my 10th win on the LPJ Tour. That'd be really cool. Uh, I'm just excited. I have seven events left. Hopefully I can finish strong. Thanks for a great week, Brooke. Cool. Thanks, Bobby. That was Bob. One-on-one with Brooke Henderson. What a year for Brooke. Well done for Brooke, and I'm sure she's got a big 2020 coming up for her. On the other side, there was more to Canadian golf than just Brooke Henderson. We had a great season on all tours around the world. We'll take a look at it next and take a look at the year that was on the PGA Tour for Team Canada. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by TaylorMade and the speed-injected Twistface M5 and M6 drivers. Everybody gets faster in 2019. Visit TaylorMade.ca for more information or to book your custom fitting today. an encore presentation of Golf Talk Canada. If you're up for it, you can listen to the show live every Saturday morning at 8 on TSN 1050. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Year in Review Part 2, as we take a look at the Canadian story. Before we get to Winner's Weird and Water of the Year, predictions, etc., and we've closed the door on Brooke. Uh, you could talk about Brooke all day. What a, a spectacular young lady and, and face of the Canadian game. But we had a lot of highlights this year. But that being said, guys, you know we're recording this before Adam Hadwin goes to the President's Cup. We know Corey Connors is a winner. We know we've had a lot of Canadian flags on year, leaderboards, it seemed, all year. And we're going to have it again uh, in 2019-20 in this in this current PGA Tour season because we have a lot of guys with cards and status again. That being said, though, with the one win, with the amount of flags and opportunities we have, where do you grade the PGA Tour season for Team Canada if you were to put a letter on it? Because I am past the point... And I want anybody who's listening, and I know a lot of our guys do listen to this show, and I want everybody to take this as a compliment because I have confidence in them as players, and I think they're capable of doing great things at any level. So this is a compliment. I am past the point of celebrating, hey, we made the cut. because, because, Because I believe in them and know how good they are. So because of that, as an overall team in an overall year, I'm probably going to give us a B minus. I know we had the win, but I thought we should have more wins. And I and I and I know we have one guy on a Presidents Cup team, but I thought we could have two. And I know we had one guy in a Tour Championship, but I thought we could have more than one guy in a Tour Championship. So I'm going to go B minus uh, because I for me, yes, the cup is half full. But I believe in our guys, and I think I, I think we're ready, Bob. I think it's time. Yeah, I think I would probably agree with you. I was going to say like B, B minus, somewhere in there. You're right. It's um, I think the best part was that we had so many Canadians who finished in that top 125, made it to the playoffs, didn't have to go back like they had in previous years to the Corn Ferry Tour and try to regain their card. Those who did, you know, great story with David Hearn coming through and get regaining yes. his, mm-hmm. his privileges. Um, but I like I like the performances of a guy like Roger Sloan, 
Uh, I think Nick Taylor is starting to show some signs of his game, you know, starting to hit what we thought it was always going to be. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, I think, is is a work in progress, but I like what I've seen so far. I think he's got a um, a big drive, internal drive. So it's kind of good that we've got depth. We've got a number of players out there, but I'm with you. I think I want to see these guys taking the next step. You know, again, I said Nick Taylor. He's a guy who's ranked number one amateur in the world. I expect him to be uh, to have some better finishes. I know life's tough. I know games are tough. He just he's had a, a baby. He's a father now. Congratulations, <laughs> you know, so, Nick. So, and I know he wants to do that. I know he feels. He's got the same high expectations on him. himself. Yeah. So I'm with you. I think I think it would be kind of neat to see uh, to see a little bit more of these guys coming up. Not only not necessarily maybe winning, but also challenging in bigger events and being there on the weekends. And we had a lot of that this year. I think where there were some performances where guys. We're around and in contention, but we need more of that. Well, Corey Connors uh, making it to the top 30 of the Tour Championship is going to help us a lot next year in, in that category of getting guys opportunities and starts in big events like World Golf Championships and and majors and things like that because finishing in the top 30 qualifies you for a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff. And hopefully Adam Hadwin continues to... Uh, you know, play well and stay within that uh, official world golf ranking uh, window that you need to be in uh, as a non-winner last year to stay in that top 50, 60, etc. in the world to get into those events that, that Bob's referring to. So you need, you need opportunities to play to do it. We're going to maybe be in a better place in 2020 than we were in 2019 in those events, Adam. But are you kind of with Bob and I, are you ready where like, hey, you know what? I and again, this is not a shot. This is a this is a compliment. We expect more. Yeah, I think we expect more. But you know, these guys have been through these experiences now, where they've come up close. Um, and you know, like a guy like Mackenzie Hughes gets the win, goes through a bit of a swing change. Um, you know, has a baby. You know, and but now it seems like his game is going back on the up and up. Nick Taylor, another very solid year, as you mentioned, uh, Bob and Adam Hadman set a great start. To the 2019-20 season, which was a big reason he made that Presidents Cup team, I think. Yep. With or a lot he, of early points, he's already made over a million dollars in this wraparound season. And one thing I'm really intrigued about, one person I'm really intrigued about for this next season is Graham Dillette. Mm-hmm. You know, what is he going to bring? Um, when he was on, he was one of the best ball strikers in the PGA Tour. Yes, he had some stroke game or some short game issues. Uh, let's see how long the back can hold up, and let's see if he can uh, get back into, into contention. You know, it's interesting because we're kind of right back in that same boat again that we were with Graham Dillette with Corey Connors. You know, Graham Dillette was arguably, uh, for a period in time, the best ball striker on the PGA Tour, certainly in the top five. Statistically, there's no denying that. And you look at Corey Connors and his ball striking abilities, statistically, the way other guys talk about him, the way, you know, this guy is top five ball striker on the PGA Tour, and we're right there again. And, and the one thing about, if, if you're that good a ball striker, you don't go away. Your peaks and valleys typically are not as high and is not as low because you're not living and dying by the putter, which a lot of these guys do. Jordan Spieth's a prime example of, of, of you know, how 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 high the peaks can be and how low the valleys can be when uh, your game becomes so one dimensional to cert- to a certain degree. I don't think we'll ever go through that with with Corey Connors. I think there needs to be now uh, maybe a slow build from inside a hundred yards on, on for his game to, to to take the next level. The one thing that I I thought Bob was funny. You, this was a, several, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks back. We were talking. Uh, Canadian golf, etc. It was right around uh, FedEx Cup time, and uh, some of our boys were back to Corn Ferry playoffs, and uh, and we were talking about Nick Taylor. Six years? 
Is he six six year uh, coming up or on, yeah. on the PG tour? Like, where did that go? <laughs> uh, like a six year, like it's amazing. Like it seems like mm-hmm. yesterday, like you know, number one amateur in the world, one at Sanderson Farms, and and you know, in the same breath, I'm going to contradict myself here. It, 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 you know, which we do, I guess, on the regular. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to contradict myself here in the sense that you know, I'm anticipating more, and I'd like to see more wins, and I want to see our guys take the the next level. But you can't deny or disregard how hard it is to keep your card on this tour. Mm-hmm. And to be there six years later and have your status and go to the playoffs and be able to play and, and, and know you're going to be a full-time member of a tour, that's a big deal and a big accomplishment. Everybody wants to be Charles Howell. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a that's guy right. who's worked this career. He's the only yep. one a couple times. But, man, that guy is just at the ATM machine and just play consistent golf all the time. And it is, you're right, it's very, very tough. And for these guys to try and just get there and stay there and feel comfortable, um, you know, that's the first step. When you, when you know it's the end of the season and you don't have to play six in a row just to try and finish in that top 125, mm-hmm. it sure takes the load off and lets you just have some fun out there. And that's a big step. That's a big thing for these guys that they have to start getting, getting themselves in, in that kind of position, which a number of them did last year. Are, are we surprised at Austin Connolly's year, guys? Yeah, I get, yeah. I, well, after the Open, that was 2017. No, yeah, which is the last tournament. Jordan is it Steve. that? Is it that deep? Yeah, he's funny. he's had some injury problems, mm-hmm. uh, and he's had. Uh, when I talked to him at the Open Championship, it was just kind of like he had no idea where the ball was going. He was missing it left and right, and he couldn't figure it out. And he thought he had some corrections going, but there were some injuries over there. You know, he's he's always going to have a tough time, in my opinion, because he is such a small guy. He's mm-hmm. not a bomber, so he has to play. He has to to make use of every part of his game. You can't really kind of just fake it around there in any way, shape, or form like a guy who's a power hitter. Right. So it, it's, uh, it's a, it was a struggling year for Austin Connolly, and, and I don't know if he's figured it out yet, but we'll find out certainly in the, early in the new year. Well, it's funny. That's a great segue to my next question, Bob, because I think it's a pretty much a slam dunk that we can say that Corey Connors was the breakout Canadian star of the year. Is, is that, mm-hmm. That's a given. We mm-hmm. can all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Speaking of power players, when we have this conversation next year at this time, where in the breakout Canadian of the year are we talking about Taylor Penrith? No, when we yeah. talk about a game that might be able to travel, going to be on the Corn Ferry Tour, right? You can get, like, that's the path. He's right there. I'm wondering how much we're seeing his name at this point next year in terms of whether he's already on the big tour or something that he's done incredibly on the Corn Ferry Tour or how much anticipation we have leading into 21 mm-hmm. for Taylor as a PGA Tour player. Well, and the run he went on at the end of that McKenzie Tour season was remarkable, but for him, it's it's can he stay healthy? He's had all these strange mm-hmm. injuries, like mm-hmm. the injury in his, the palm of his hand. Yes. But but his, his ball speed, his club speed is through the roof. It's so I, I'm very intrigued to see what he does. Bob, do you think we're talking well, about him as a 21 PG Tour player? I think he's a much more mature player. I think he's got more game. Everyone points to how far he hits it, but I think if you look at and, and talking to him a couple times this year, you know there was a sense that he knew he had to kind of bring a, a more well-rounded game if he was going to move up the ranks. So I think we are. I think we're seeing him as a guy who's going to make it to the PGA Tour for 21 year, for a year from now. Yes, um, I really like that that part of his uh, of his demeanor, which is you know he's he's when I. When I went down to Kent State and did a little piece on him and on Corey Connors, you know, uh, Taylor was never the guy who was gonna uh, gonna be in the gym a lot, you know, all, all, a whole bunch of time. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a guy who had that natural game, natural instinct, and that can only get you so far these days. So I think now he's figured that out. He's working out. He's keeping in shape. He's eating better. He's doing all the things you need to do. Plus, 
getting some help from guys like Derek Ingram from the national yes. team program, I think, which is a big help for him. This guy, this panel is so good, and we've been doing this show so long that we're no longer happy with predictions for next year. We have to predict two years out. That's how good <laughs> the year in review show. On the other side, we're going to talk to the breakout player of the year for Canada. Bob goes one-on-one with Corey Connors after his win and before his first Masters start. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Tourism Ireland, home of the 2019 Open Championship. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we wrap up Hour 1. But before we do, the Canadian Breakout Player of the Year, Corey Connors, a win on the PGA Tour, a visit to Augusta National. And Bob had the opportunity to go one-on-one with Corey after his first victory and heading into Augusta National. And here is Corey Connors. And Corey, I know it's been uh, 48 hours or so. Have you been able to kind of drink everything in and understand what you've just accomplished? It's slowly sinking in. Uh... Not fully yet, but uh, it feels pretty amazing. I, yeah, it's hard to hard to describe, put into words. Can't believe I'm here, but really excited to be here and and hoping for another great week. When you look back now, you think you missed the cut at Punakana, got you into the allowed you to play in the Monday qualifier. You got in the Monday qualifier, six for one playoff, all these kind of things that lead up. Do you think this was maybe a little bit of destiny? It sure seems that way. Um, I, yeah, I. I don't know. If one of those things doesn't happen the way it did, then I ultimately wouldn't have won. Uh, So definitely uh, something was going on, and I'm happy it all worked out. That was not your first time in the last group on Sunday. You've had some faltering experiences in the past. How much did you learn from places like Valspar that allowed you to get through and break through this time? Yeah, I learned a lot uh, just trying to be comfortable in the round, settle in, be relaxed early on, get off to a good start so you're not sort of battling back and I was able to do that really well uh, mostly at the Sanderson Farms and then again the Sony Open and yeah just tried to be aggressive and stick to my game plan I played really well the first three rounds and knew I had another round in me for sure and was aggressive got off to a good start felt really comfortable had a bit of a bad stretch in the middle but I wasn't really bothered by it and still trusted my game and had a lot of confidence and was able to have a really good back nine. There's only been 15 Canadians now with you who ever won on the PGA Tour. You're in a select group. You're now in the race for the President's Cup. You are now put yourself in a position to be an Olympian for Canada. There's so much that comes with it. Have you been able to drink that in in this madness that's happened in the last 48 hours? Yeah, not really. Uh, Those things are amazing. I had my eye on the President's Cup the beginning of the year after some good finishes knowing that if I gave myself a couple more chances and was able to win that I'd give myself a shot at making the team and that's something that I really wanted to do and something that I'm going to work really hard the rest of the year to 
and try and earn my way onto that team. That would be uh, amazing. I remember some of the Canadians have played in the past, how cool it was watching them. And uh, to be able to play would be a real honor. And then the Olympics, yes, so a little bit in the future, but definitely going to work hard and try and keep getting better, keep playing well, and that would be uh, amazing as well. All right, short-term goals. You're here this week. <laughs> the Masters, I know it's a, another dream for you. You've played here once before. What did you learn from your first time around here that you can use when you get on the tee on Thursday? Yeah, I learned that you have to be really sharp. Uh, I think it was a little bit off the first round in 2015 when I played and got myself in some tough spots where I wasn't able to score the ball. So got to be really careful and still be aggressive, hitting good shots to certain spots in the greens and uh, making sure you don't short side yourself or leave yourself with downhill putts. I bounced back in 2015 with a 69, so that gave me a lot of confidence. Uh, the course is playing pretty similarly to how it did in that year, and I think it sets up really well. Um, my game is better in every aspect now, so I'm really excited and looking for another good week. What, what do you hope to accomplish here? I mean, obviously you want to walk out of here with a green jacket, but what do you hope to accomplish beyond that? That's, I don't know, it's hard to... I haven't really thought about that too much. I'm just trying to soak in the experience, but I yeah, hope to give myself another chance. Uh, obviously, the green jacket would surprise everybody's chasing. It would be a dream come true, uh, but still <laughs> got to play the golf. Don't want to get ahead of myself. And just try and stick to my game plan, be focused and committed, and have a lot of fun. It's, uh, it feels amazing to be walking inside the ropes out here and... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the week. And I have to ask you, finally, who do you think got more television time on Sunday, you or Mallory? <laughs> well, I'm beginning to think Mallory did. She's my biggest fan. It's awesome to see. And everyone, I guess, got to see how much she cares about me and how passionate she is. And I know she's always been emotional. And we uh, yeah, have had some great experiences in the past, but this one was pretty special to be able to share that with her and uh, for her to get some some love and her social media followers are rapidly increasing which she's excited about so it was really great to have her there and she's been with me every week basically and she's here again uh, yeah it was amazing PGA Tour winner Corey Connors congratulations and best of luck this week thank you what a year for Corey Connors I remember um, um, him and, and just uh, just at the, the, the Team Canada party Bob uh, and the glow on his face at Augusta, but when he was getting ready to peg it up, it was just, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see. And certainly kind of one of the highlights of the year, just in terms of a personal, uh, standpoint to see a Canadian just kind of realize that his life's changed, really. You know, Corey's a small town guy, Listowel, Ontario, married his high school sweetheart. Yeah. I mean, the story, she's lovely, by the way. The story is just mm. so beautiful. Yeah. And when you think of the story of getting to this win, I mean, it's remarkable. So yeah. he misses the cut in the Dominican. That allows him to go into the Monday qualifier. He wins the Monday qualifier. He gets in the tournament. He wins the tournament. I mean, it's just like one little thing goes out of sequence there, and, and we're talking about a whole different uh, Corey Connors year. Yeah. But I think, I think this is not unexpected. I think Corey Connors' game is so good, and it's so... Tight. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's 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 he's he led the tour in uh, greens and regulation with a ridiculous markup in the in the mm -hmm. low seventies. If you look back over the years, I mean, that's way up there. Hitting 
Seventy-five percent of your greens yeah. in regulation. Should, you got to be. A, you should be a top ten machine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I, the other thing I love about mm-hmm. Corey Connors that doesn't get enough attention is how smart he is and how smart he plays golf. Yeah. He is a brilliant guy. Graduated from Kent State in actuarial math, which is <laughs> something that I don't even know. I don't even know what that is. I mean, we're talking about our math in the last show about uh, how we can't even yeah. add up the scorecard. But I, but his, he's got a real sense of smarts. He's got a real sense of being able to build a game plan. And I think he's just getting a little more comfortable being uh, on the big tour. And now he's going to be, have to be a little more comfortable in, in the big ranks because uh, he's going to play a lot of big events this year. And he's never going to be one to bomb a golf course. Like his tempo was always so great when, when, you know, if, if I'm, if anyone is wanting to improve their tempo, go watch Corey Connors. Yes. You know, th- yeah. there's, I mean, there's Robert Matsuyama over here with, yes. with, with yeah. the pause at the top. <laughs> but Corey Connor, you know, a, a nod to Nancy Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> the top of, of Weeksy Matsuyama. But yeah, yes. he, 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 like Tiger did at the Masters, comparing it a little bit, you know, Corey's going to plot his way around golf courses. And, and for that matter, Adam Hadwin, similar. In, in yeah, a good point. Too. Very yeah. calm, backswing, uh, short, short in a way, compact. Not, yep. not bad. That's good. Mm-hmm, huh? mm-hmm. Just smooth tempo seems all the way through. There's a lot to learn by watching both of those guys, for sure. And it'll be a huge chance for Corey Connors this year in, in essentially all the majors, all for all the WGCs to, and these, no, and in the WGC the no-cut events to really big opportunities yeah. for big points and another big step forward uh, that wraps up hour one on the other side predictions disappointments wins we get to riff a little an hour or two and i'm curious to see where adam and bob take their disappointments and their predictions uh scully's always got some crazy ones in that <laughs> can't before, wait uh, so that's coming up an hour or two thank you so much for listening remember first decision on the golf course always starts in the closet This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada for blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at golftalkcanada.com. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hour two of our part two year in review specials. Aquino, Weeks, Scully, and... uh, All right, we've closed the door on the majors in uh, part one of the show. We've closed the door on the Canadian golf season, although those things are still open for as we move forward into the rest of the show. We're going to talk uh, in hour two, breakout player of the year. We're going to talk winners, weird, and what of the year. And we're going to uh, take a look, obviously, at predictions, because we all love our predictions. And uh, I got a bold one, I think. I think it's bold. I think it's bold. I don't know. Interesting. One of them is going to be to reiterate a little action that Adam and I. Oh yes, yes. Between a, a certain a lot, live a certain, bet uh, on the radio, a live bet on the radio from this uh, past weekend's <laughs> live show. So we'll get into that. But boys, uh, surprises and disappointments of 2019. Adam, let's let's start with you. Let's just start with the surprises before we get into the disappointments. Let's go cup half full. Were there some pleasant surprises 
for you, 2019, when you look back, you go, wow, that's great. I wasn't expecting that. Well, the first thing for me, a lot of the talk we had uh, for the show last year was, what was this new FedEx Cup format going to be like? Was it going to be feel weird? Was it going to feel like a Minnie Mouse tournament sort of thing? Yeah. I thought it was great. It was a big surprise. Uh, all the drama at the end of the day with two different winners and Steve Sands by the whiteboard doing all this math. <laughs> that was out the window. Um, obviously, it was a little strange to see Justin Thomas sleeping on a Wednesday lead, essentially. Yes. Uh, but everyone had a chance to win and I think the format worked out really well uh, and then the player of the year did win the tournament uh, in a duel over Brooks Kepka. so it was really two of the best in the world uh, competing and to me that was a, a pleasant surprise to see how well that did yeah I agree with you and I was kind of I, I reserve judgment to be honest with you. you know me I'm not short of an opinion on 99.9% of everything which is probably the reason why I do what I do <laughs> But I, with that one, I kind of sat back. I said, I remember going to you, Bob. I, go, I think I'm going to wait and see here. I don't want to, because I really had no clue. It was new to all of us. So why not wait and see? You know, if, if, you, if you're not, uh, you know, if you're shut off to, to, to any type of change for the sake of change, then, you know, you're going to go the way of the dinosaurs. So it was like, okay, I get this. And at the end of the day, it was tough, too, because we're coming off a year where Tiger Woods is mm. winning the Tour Championship and one stroke away from winning the FedEx Cup coming down the, the stretch with, with, with uh, Justin Rose, which, and which might be the best finish in the history of the FedEx Cup. And now we're changing it. But at the end of the day, I think when the casual sports fan or casual golf fan tuned in on a Sunday... They understood exactly what was going on. And I think at the end of the day, that's why it was a win. And I'm with Scully. Once the puck was dropped, to use a hockey term yeah. to describe golf, uh, everything was fine. You know, there was a leaderboard up there. You figured it out. You knew what was going on. It wasn't convoluted. You didn't have different colored scoreboards and mm-hmm. uh, icons and stuff on the screen and stuff. So I, I, I really liked it. I thought that was um, a decent way to do it. And I think going forward, the players may not like it, but the fans are the ones who really have to like it. Yeah, I, I agree. Plus, I was going to say that Rory McIlroy, if it, if it was a regular tournament, he would have actually won the tournament yeah. for, uh, toward a par. So he, he won both the net right. and the gross. Right, week, won the net and the gross. So it worked out yeah. the way it's supposed yeah. to. Bob, uh, pleasant surprises for you this year when you look back. Stuff that you were like maybe not anticipating. Well, it's actually interesting because uh, I sort of went along the same vase. I didn't go with a player. Well, I do have a player later. But but uh, the, the new rules, which came into play mm, this year. Yes. To me, at the start of the year, everyone what? was scrambling. We were arguing. We didn't like it. We didn't like the way things were drop but by the end of the year no one was really talking about it yeah so i guess in some ways it's a bit of a, a pleasant surprise i had a chance to spend some uh, some time with uh, ricky fowler in in late november and i asked him about it and he said you know the only thing that he doesn't like is he still doesn't like the way they drop the ball but other than that <laughs> you know other than that it was it was pretty much even keeled and the other thing that i liked about it was from from the grassroots level yes. was that how many times did you play golf this year and just leave the flag in or how many mm-hmm. times, you know, those kind of things I think were really good. In those ways, to me, it was a pleasant surprise, the new rules. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. amazing because this time last year, that might have been in the top three things I was thinking and talking about. I mean, like, it was weighing on my mind. How is this going to work? How is it going to look? What if someone's got a putt from above the hole at Augusta on 18 to win on yeah. Sunday and they rattle it off the flag? Am I going to be able to stomach this? Do you remember the conversation about Augusta going rogue and how yeah. they should remember they should be the only right. tournament that? Like, I mean, and here we are a year later. It's not even on the radar. Mm-hmm. Couldn't care less. And. I don't personally, I, I've got my own way of doing things. I haven't noticed, you know, if I'm playing, I don't know, I'll ask you guys this. If, I, if I'm playing like I don't care, I'm just out hacking around having fun, 
I leave it in all the time, and we're just having fun, and it seems to uh, pick up the pace a bit, a little bit. If if we're playing for real, and I'm invested, I'm not so sure it's helping pace because some guys are flag in, some guys are flag out. And a lot of times you're playing hot tamale. I'll be honest with you. If I'm trying to make a putt, that flag is coming out every time. If I'm lagging a putt, if it's a scenario where I say, Scully, can you tend that? There's no more tending of the flag. Mm -hmm. It's leave it in. So it's leave in on a tend or a lag, and it's take out on a make. But a lot of guys are leaving all the time. A lot of guys are out of time. So I'm not so sure from a recreational standpoint what this has done yet. Well, I know uh, specifically where I play at Bayview Country Club, uh, in some Wednesday uh, men's groups, play is certainly slowed down when some want it in. And, and like, right. obviously, there's no caddies out there, so that right. you know someone's got to take it, put it back in, take right. it out. I personally, I don't really care. Right, I haven't seen it affect my game either way. If it's a putt twenty plus feet out, sure, I'll leave it in. But if it's within ten feet, I, I really, I think it's distracting. Robert, are you in the, or out? The gang, the gang that I play with, yeah. we haven't taken the flag out all year. Really, just amazing. Leave it in, no, we just putt. And it is, I mean, the first the first time I went out with these guys, they'd already played a few rounds at the start of the year. One of my buddies said, we never take the flag out. I said, okay. And now I don't even think about it. Wow. Okay. I will say this, and I did not play a lot of golf this year, okay, compared to previous years. Hmm. It seems to be an annual theme for Bob and I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, as it whittles down, yeah. Uh, there was two occasions this year, I can, I can recount clearly two occasions this year that I had putts not go in. Because I left the flag in, and that was the too. that was the last time I left the flag in. The second one time I let it go, the second time was the last time I did it with a putt that I consciously was trying to make. Where there wasn't something I was just trying to get into the c- circle mm-hmm. of friendship. And now that the putt, my putting is the best part of my game. This is important to me. So. Of course, yeah, it's a big. Uh, yeah, that would be the right. surprise of the year. That's surprise the of the year, right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, disappointments of the year. And, you know, we can go many I, I In our first year review special, and I've been kind of on this most of the summer, the, the majors were a disappointment for, for me. So I'm not going to keep harping on the majors, but they, they really were. And there were some highlights, don't get me wrong, but it, it was a disappointment for me. The fact that we only had one Canadian victory on the PGA Tour was a, a disappointment uh, for me. From a regional standpoint, so uh, I, I, I uh, ask uh, some uh, leeway here from our listeners on the West Coast and in other parts of the country. From a, an Ontario perspective, our golf season oh, man. was the worst ever. It didn't come till June, and we got our first major snowfall of the year, November 11th. And the golf season didn't arrive till June. So that's more of a, a local, personal one. But there are some few ways you could go here. Bob, what, what for you, disappointments this year? Uh, I got a couple. One is a player, Phil Mickelson, despite the fact mm-hmm. that he won. Mm-hmm. I, I was so disappointed in the second part of that year. and It was sort of almost sad to see his, his game kind of deteriorate mm-hmm. uh, in that second two-thirds of the year, I guess. That was one. Um, I think the fact that at the end of the year, our, there's no... Uh, doesn't seem to be any up-and-coming young Canadian women outside of Brooke and Elena on the mm-hmm. LPGA Tour. Mm-hmm. You know, Modemi LeBlanc retired with uh, with some... Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, injuries put her there. Uh, AC Tangay is taking some time off to heal a back, maybe a whole year kind of thing. So um, that that succession of 
good young Canadian women players out there. But the biggest disappointment to me came on the 16th hole at the Western Golf and Country Club <laughs> in the annual Father and Son ah, Championship. Yes. We had the tournament won until we took a 10. Oh, <laughs> you hate to see it. You hate yeah. to see it. Could have won, could have won the father son with my dad who's 87 by the way. Would have been a great achievement to me and I I I just look back at that and kick myself. Oh, oh. well. Skulls? Oh, that's so you Memories. know what one of the biggest disappointments is to pick up on Bob's theme where they kind of had it in the bag and one hole stopped them from like, you know, the, the top of the mountain. You and Mama Scully didn't even get to defend your title this That's year true. because of a Mama Scully injury. That's true. So, but, but, you know, she is back now. She is playing golf. Uh, so our loyal listeners can... Uh, so know. whoever won the parent-child at Bayview this year, enjoy the, it now because yeah, it's yeah. gone. There's an asterisk yeah. and it's a yeah. short window of success. We're going to be decked out in some Adidas gear next year uh, for... <laughs> for uh, first good decision on the golf also, course always starts in the that's closet. That's right, and Mama right. Scully's first Canadian season with yes, Twistface next twist year. She's playing, it's almost going to be unfair. It like, is. Like, <laughs> is there even a point playing? You know, yeah. Where, can I, like, if I call Dustin up at the baby, can I lay some action sure. with Dustin on? Okay. Sure, we'll have, we'll have him on, yeah. Anyway, um, my disappointment of the year, um, I mean, we, we mentioned Rory at the, at the Open Championship, and that's obviously, that first round was just mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. Um, but the curious case of Jordan Speed. Ah, yes. Um, so we had 23 starts this year. He had the same amount of top tens and missed cuts. Four. Um, but what was really weird about Jordan Spieth was his scoring averages. He, he was ninth on the PGA Tour in first-round scoring average. He led the PGA Tour in second-round scoring average. Mm-hmm. He was 170th on the PGA Tour in third-round scoring average. And he was second-last at 187th in final-round scoring average. What is going on with Jordan Spieth? Well, I don't know if you noticed, but Bob commented on Phil Mickelson, and yours truly had nothing to say. (laughs) And you are commenting on Jordan Spieth, and yours truly has nothing to say. (laughs) Because I will be touching on this. Oh, yes. A little bit later in the show. I I couldn't agree more with both of you on both of those topics, and I've got a little bit more wings to spread on that. But you're 100% right, both of you. Uh, you're hitting the nail on the head when we're talking about disappointments and some head-scratching stuff. So I will reserve comment because it, I, I have them in my winner's weird and what. But, uh, yeah, Scully, you're 100% right. And when you take a look at the years that were 2015-16, and and even uh, more recent, uh, the performance at the Open Championship, not to go back that far, but still, that's, mm-hmm. what, two years, two years gone yeah. now. And to where we are now, man, if you were, t- if someone would have told you, you would have lost a fortune. If someone said to offer you a bet, you would have lost a fortune. Mm-hmm. So, I, I hear you. We'll get to it. Coming up next, though, breakout player of the year, where yours truly is going to cheat entirely in the category. Oh, I am <laughs> okay. going to break wow. not only tease. the breakout player of the year. I will break all the rules for breakout player of the year. Coming up next, right here on GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is an encore presentation of Golf Talk Canada. If you're up for it, you can listen to the show live every Saturday morning at 8 on TSN 1050.
You're listening to an encore presentation of Golf Talk Canada. If you're up early enough, why not listen to the show live every Saturday morning at 8 on TSN 1050. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, part two of our year review special. Still winners weird what to come and predictions for 2020 still to come, but we're at breakout player of the year. And on the other previous side of uh, the break, I said I'm going to break all the rules and breakout player of the year. And I am because my breakout player of the year is the new big three. Ah, yes. Okay. That's fair. I'm taking three players as my breakout player of the year because to me, we might be looking back at 2019 the way the NFL looks back at 1983 with the quarterback class where you know multiple Hall of Famers came out of one draft, right? And you could build a franchise around one arm. Well, you got Victor Ovlin, Colin Morikawa, and Matt Wolf coming out as professionals in 2019 and looking not like they're ready to start their professional career, looking like they're ready to just strap a rocket ship to themselves and shoot another space. Now, I will say this when I talk about the three. Wolf came out with the biggest splash. Wolf came out with the first win of the three. But I'm wondering if the hype shouldn't have been reversed uh, in terms of one, two, three. It seemed like Wolf was one, Morikawa two because he won next, and Hovland three, because Hovland was the one that didn't win. Mm-hmm. And Hovland was the one that had to go to Corn Ferry to get his status, et cetera, et cetera. But Hovland was the one with the staying power. Morikawa to, to an extent as well. Hovland was the one with the 19 rounds in a row and a 60, breaking the record. Uh, showing the level of consistency. Hovland's the one on Patrick Harrington's radar for already. the Ryder Cup already next year. So I'm wondering if it shouldn't have been Hovland, Morikawa, Wolf instead of Wolf, Morikawa, Hovland. Regardless of how you rank them, we got two guys winning already on the PGA Tour, taking the Jordan Spieth route to the PGA Tour. We have a, another guy showing that he can play any week on any tour. It doesn't matter. Boy, we could be looking back at 2019, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, going, wow, those three were special. Wolf, to me, looks like a guy who's just waiting for uh, back surgery. Um, <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. He might as well book that now. But yeah. I, I, I'm impressed by all three of them. And you could shuffle the deck, and I, I think any any one week that order could change because they are all have proven themselves to be exceptional golfers. But I think you're right. I think Hovland right now, anyway, is showing the most, uh, the most talent with that run of 60, 60 scores. But, uh, but all three are very exciting, and that's, that's kind of neat and, and needed, perhaps, for golf. And, and even, sorry, even Hovland, he was the low amateur at the Masters and the U.S. That's Open right. as well before turning professional. That's right. And you know what? To, our, to, to a point we were discussing earlier in the show about uh, uh, Nick Taylor and how many years he's been on tour and just the, the, you know, the celebration of keeping your card at the top one in 25, when college is producing Matt Wolf, Colin Marikawa, and Victor Hovland all in the same year, and these guys are being injected into your tour, with also with Europeans and people from around the world that played on other tours that have now decided to say, I'm going to play in America, keeping your card on the PGA Tour is a bigger deal on an annual basis than it ever was. Nope. And I think it's a huge, huge win. All right, Adam, breakout player of the year. 
My breakout player of the year is Jin Young Ko of the LPGA ah. Tour. Yeah. Four wins in 2019, including two majors. And of course, hey, she won the CP Women's Open as well. As we're recording this, she's first in LPGA scoring average, first in GIR, 12 top tens. And who could forget the 114 hole bogey free streak? That's insane. That is is insanity. She passed nice. Tiger Woods, who had 110 consecutive holes of par better in the 2000 season, uh, the longest known bogey-free streak in professional golf. She was fun to watch when we saw her in person at the CP Women's Open, and she's my breakup. Player. I'm currently at 145. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She had the uh, she had the great uh, that great up and down on that par five right out with the back of the media yeah. center. Yeah. I thought, okay, this is where the streak's ending right here. Yep. And Actually, she got it up knocked, and down from the from the knocked the bagel out of Jamie Rydell's hand. I saw it. <laughs> that's it was right. unbelievable. That's right. I mean, it was unbelievable what she was capable of and mm-hmm. what she did for uh, as a player for the whole year. Unbelievable. And she and she was just so consistent. And it's the same thing. Is with, she the most Anderson. Okay, is she then the most dominant player on any tour of 2019? I would think so. With two majors and four other wins? Yeah. Yeah. You, Without a doubt. You have Without to say doubt. so. Easy. Absolutely. Easy. Yeah. 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 Easy. yeah. I know. Unbelievable. Bob, breakout player of the year. I kind of have two here. Is that That's okay? all right. I all took right. three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, I have two others, yeah. My, <laughs> my first one is, is a PGA Tour player who's been around for a long time, so it's hard to call him a breakout player, but he came back with a great year, and he's a cool guy with a good story, and it's Chez Reavy, mm. who finally got yeah. his first win in uh, 11 years on the PGA Tour. He went from, I think he was in the 60s, uh, sorry, 67th, 64th, up to uh, 31st in the official World Golf Ranking, contended in a couple of majors at the U.S. Open. He was right there. I just... I just kind of like the way he is as a guy. He's a very friendly guy. Um, always been around, of course, his other wins, uh, when you think about it, the Canadian Open win way back in... He got some President's Cup talk this year. Yeah, yeah, he did. It's yeah. a possible choice. So it's good to see a guy who's a nice guy kind of fight himself back and get back up after um, wallowing around in the lower ranks for a little while. So it's nice. My second one is a Canadian, Michael Gligic, one oh, on the uh, Horn Ferry well Tour. And, and this is a guy who has also sort of fought from, from things. Remember we had him on yes. a radio interview this year, at, at earlier in the year, and he said you know, he didn't have a plan B. Like He really this sort of it. said, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't, if I don't make it as a golfer. Uh, so when you put all your eggs in one basket, it's nice to see that uh, you can make a pretty delicious omelet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and there you go. I like it. <laughs> see, it's funny because this was my plan B when the Cirque du Soleil thing didn't work out for me. <laughs> right. I fell right into this. Which was uh, really convenient. By the way, four straight year that a Canadian player has advanced to the PGA Tour from the Corn Ferry. Four straight year. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Interesting. How many did we? Uh, I should know this off the top of my head. We had Corey Connors win this year. Adam Hadwin win in twenty eighteen. In twenty eighteen, no, nope. he won the Valspar in twenty sixteen. <laughs> no, seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yes. Yes. So lot so okay I was going to say how many years with a win on the PGA tour for us as well but it's it's actually about a 5 year run with an absentee year in 2018. Here's here's the uh the by the way I should have been Mackenzie Hughes in 2016, Ben Silverman in 17, Adam Svensson last year and now uh Michael Glick. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well done. And and you know what? Hey, if you can win on the Corn Ferry tour, you can win anywhere. It sure. is the Golo tour. Yep. And uh, you know, if you can get it done you, and I think that and it's proving that. And uh mm-hmm. you know, the more Corn Ferry Ferry <laughs> you have, the better chances you have to do that. Was there, quickly, we only have a couple minutes left, other than the obvious, 
was there a player that you were expecting maybe a little bit more from this year that we didn't get? Like for me, if I'm looking at the top of the food chain, and I went on, I took some flack for this in 2018 by saying, I don't know how Justin Rose is the number one player in the world. I don't care, you know, what system you spit at me. To me, Justin Rose never was the number one player in the world at any point. Top five, yes. Top ten, yes. Forever in a day. But, you know, we can argue world golf ranking systems today is long. But I still, that being said, expected more from Justin Rose this year. Not a Justin Rose type year. Hmm. Uh, I was going to say if a guy who did have a good year, surprisingly a little bit better than I thought, Adam, Adam Scott this year. Yeah. 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 first up to 17th. Yeah, you know, point. played some pretty good yeah. golf out Found there. Found some Had, mojo. Yeah. So it was nice yeah. to see him kind of get himself back and played a different bit of a schedule, too, a little bit more, mm-hmm. a little uh, deeper schedule. Uh, speaking of Adam Scott, speaking of Australians, Presence Cup ahead of us as we record this, Jason Day. Oh my! Mm. Uh, has, yeah. ha- hasn't had a top. Puzzling. Last time he had a top ten, uh, we were waiting for uh, our golf courses to open in the spring. Yeah, Masters, so, right? T yeah, five, I think. T five around the and, Masters, and even I mean, Justin Thomas had a bit of a strange year as well until he did, obviously won the, the a late BMW win championship, a late win. But he, he battled brain. an injury. Uh, his, yeah. his game was a little all over the place, and but we got to see him at the RBC Canadian Open as a result of that. How about a guy making a little bit of a comeback, Danny Willett? Yes, yeah. Danny Willett <laughs> from nice obscurity back, right? <laughs> yeah, so. really. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see. Lots coming in. Justin Thomas already with a win on this season, uh, getting it done yeah. in, in on the Asian swing. So Justin Thomas may be healthy, mm-hmm. may be ready to go, and maybe to, uh, you know, if you, if you listen to uh, the so-called experts, he's on the radar for a really big 2020. Now, mind you, he was also on the radar for a really big 2019. He was at the top of the list when people were saying, who's going to be number mm-hmm. one at mm-hmm. the end of this year? I was one of them. I said, when we sat here, last year when we sat here this time, I said that uh, Justin Thomas would be number one player in the world. Obviously, very wrong. So, <laughs> Predictions coming up uh, momentarily. On the other side, though, are winners weird and what of 2019? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Only 30 minutes from downtown Toronto, with flexible membership packages and one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Cedar Bray is the place to be. Visit cedarbraygolf.com for more information. This is an encore presentation of Golf Talk Canada. If you're up for it, you can listen to the show live every Saturday morning at 8 on TSN 1050. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increased stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we come close to wrapping up our year in review part two. And it's time for three dub Winners, weird, and what of 2019? Bob, let's start with you. What is your winner of 2019? My winner is actually winners, a little plural. Uh, It's two that are sort of the same group, and that is this year's Canadian Opens, RBC Canadian Open. And CP <laughs> Women's Open. Oh, oh I steal yes. That's okay. I, I love this. This is good. It. This is good, though, because we don't talk. I like the fact that we don't tell each other and we don't talk about <laughs> yeah. this because it's good. But I, I, I am. I, 
Exactly. I'm right Jack with you. The winner for me is our national championships, the job of Golf Canada, yeah. everything we got this year. For me, the greatest uh, RBC Canadian Open I've ever been a part of, I've ever witnessed. Bob, please, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm right there with you. It was awesome. I mean, the uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club and the RBC Canadian Open, listen, they, they juiced the field with, uh, they, they got some great players in there and Rory and and see him win was spectacular, and the whole thing with the Raptors playoff juicing up the crowd. The I thought the uh, the rink was really good this year, mm-hmm. and, and Rory said afterwards he said you know they were really loud, they were they were boisterous, but it wasn't um, sort of sixteenth that uh, they knew when to stop right in Phoenix kind of thing. It was it was a good good vibe, and I loved the way the tournament and the course played. Sure, they beat it up, and we knew they were going to do this, that. Uh, going out to the Women's Open, I think again, sort of an un- we, we didn't know really what to expect from Magna. I thought it was a perfect golf course for the Women's Championship. They're talking possibly that could be a future Men's Open course. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just idle to chit chat at this point, but it's possible. We'll have to see how that would go because I think they'd rip it up pretty good unless yeah. they added a few more tees. But again, the vibe there was great. You had Brooke in contention uh, at the Men's. You had uh, Mackenzie Hughes. You had Adam Hadwin in contention. I mean, it was really kind of a cool feeling overall to see both these tournaments get to that level where we always think they should be, and to have winners like Jin Young Ko and in Rory McIlroy, man, doesn't say much more than that. Can't uh, disagree with you at all. The winners are the proof of the pudding, Bob. Uh, the, the, there was a lot of things that had to line up, uh, too, that made it special. We had a Raptors run, quality of... Concert go- series. Concert series, quality of golf courses, leadership at all levels of, of, of Golf Canada. I mean, like, it was a perfect storm, and, and we got the payoff in both championships. It's hands down my winner as well for the year, uh, for many many uh, different reasons and let's let's take it full circle in the sense that maybe this is the biggest compliment that you can say to Golf Canada and the jobs they did with the national championships the conversation now is well it's such a success how do you find golf courses to host it because you know who I'm talking about and Mm -hmm. the, the naysayers out there that will put a negative spin on absolutely anything that happens but could you imagine five years ago having the conversation of how do we pick a Canadian open venue because we need to find a course that can handle the success concert series spectators corporate hospitality uh quality of golf course to the player we weren't having these conversations and now that's the conversation that kind of tells you everything you need to know right and, there and look look at what you got next year coming too mm-hmm. men's at st george's yep. women's at shaughnessy that's pretty impressive pretty good. Pretty it's going to be it's the, the next one's going to be uh the one after that where they're going to put the rbc canadian open will be interesting a lot of irons in the fire from what mm-hmm. i hear from scully mm-hmm. winner my winner this year is Phil Mickelson's social media game. <laughs> From the fireside chats with Phil, my favorite was with Larry David as a Curb fan, Seinfeld fan. Yeah. That was that was hilarious. Um, but his fitness as well. Uh, the Phil Kwando calf series. Uh, I wouldn't recommend trying to do the calf exercise he's been right. showing without warming up because you could tear something pretty easily. Okay. But just sort of the, the subtle way he would do things. Like, oh, yeah, you know, just you know, do your squats. Drive and, and then do a Magnolia Lane to start off the yep, year. Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, he was just... And then at the end of the year when he missed the Tour Championship, um, posting pictures with his shirt off, uh, holding a very expensive bottle of wine, looking like Macho Man out there. Right. Um, you know, it was. Uh, it's it's great to see to get in the the minds of these guys to really for the average viewer or sports fan to say, hey, this is what Phil Mickelson's like. I'm, I'm a fan. Now. And he was a guy that always said, I don't do social media because I can't do anything small. I'm either all in or I'm out. And, and I'm he's wor- all in. And I'm worried that once I start, it's just going to be too big. And he was, you know, in a way, he was kind of right, but. 
this is a great segue because, you know, Bob was already, you know, and I have already talked about our winner because we had the same thing. But my weird this year, Scully, is Phil Mickelson. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's bizarre. And just when you think you couldn't get more weird with Lefty, you get 2019. He almost wins in, a des- in the desert, losing uh, down the stretch in Palm Springs, looking like he was going to win early in the year. Didn't take long. Week or so later, he gets it done in dominating fashion at Pebble Beach. And I don't know if you guys recall, but coming out of Pebble Beach, even though the setup's different for the AT&T than the U.S. Open, a lot of conversation. Is this the year Lefty gets the U.S. Open? He's going to be one of the favorites by the time we get to the U.S. Open the way he's playing. I don't know what happened, but it was bizarre. By the time we got on the other side of the Masters, Lefty's season was almost lost, and it continued down that path. Then the social media spotlight, which seemed to be a regular occurrence weekly on Golf Talk Canada television. Mm -hmm. The weight loss. I mean, like, it was all over the map this year. I mean, everything about the year was weird. The fact that a guy who has that much speed at age 49 and a half, will be 50 in June of 2020, that has that much speed and distance in his golf swing, was not working on other parts of his game that were holding him back. He was trying to build more speed, live in the gym, get leaner, get faster, etc. I get it. Well, you're three feet past parallel and you're missing, you're playing army golf off the tee, left, right, all season long. Like even for Phil's standards, wild and wild and wild off the tee. And let me tell you something from a guy who knows about drastic weight loss. It changes your golf swing. It takes a long time for the body to realize whose body this is. Mm -hmm. Phil was my weird. Bob? My weird uh, takes us to the skies. (laughs) Way up in the overhead, <laughs> and a guy named Torbjorn Olsson. Ah, to me, this was yes. the weirdest thing that I have ever heard of from a from a uh, professional golfer. So, for those of you who don't know, he was flying on a plane and he was charged with sexual assault, being drunk on an aircraft, common assault. Uh, apparently, he urinated on the floor or something on the plane. I mean. Some of the stuff that happened to this poor guy, and now they're saying it may have been sort of a mix of drugs or something, but for the moment, uh, we don't really know what the whole story is. It's a bizarre story. Torbjorn Olsen has been suspended from the European tour. He's having some uh, court dates in December, so we may learn a little bit more right there. But to me, this I've met him a few times, interviewed him a couple times, just seems like a regular, normal guy. This just is like, man... A complete left turn for this guy. Because there's no history at all. At all. Nothing, nothing. Nothing like this. Nice guy, and and who knows what what caused this or what led to this? But boy, it's uh, it's the strangest thing. He fell asleep. Uh, um, I don't know. It just Bob. Thing. Could you imagine how much louder that story would have been if it was an American player? Oh yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I mean, just amazing how it. And then this, and it's like I almost forgot about it, but it was so bizarre. Yeah, it just it yeah. was such a weird story. Yeah, strange stuff. Scully, you're weird for 2019. My weird for 2019 takes us to Augusta National. Mm. Zach Johnson standing on the 13th tee oh, yeah. takes a <laughs> practice swing and he hits the ball. Yes, but because he wasn't, you know, actually trying to hit the ball, he could pick it up, take it back. Yes. Uh, you could hear Zach Johnson swearing, yes. which you would think he never swears. Right, um, but uh, that was. was 
one that of those was weird. moments. Like, that was one of those moments. Yeah. Like professional golfers can also do what everyday everyday Joes do, and and uh, seeing Kuchar and Ian Poulter playing with them that was hilarious as well. And he went out to birdie the hole after that too. It's almost one of the. It's almost 2019's version of Phil Mickelson hitting the moving ball in 2018, yeah. Yeah. where you can't believe you're seeing what you're seeing. Like, like this actually just, happened. Did he just like connect on <laughs> yeah. a practice leg? Yeah. Like yeah. I saw my buddy do that three Saturdays ago, right? Yeah. You know, five beers deep. But yeah. Hold on a second here. But, and he went on to birdie the hole. And a two, yeah, two-time major champion. It can happen to anyone. Well, let's stay with you, Scully. You're what? We'll come back. Okay, around my what? And this is a, a bit of another strange moment, but it was a very strange video that was released uh, about two weeks after Tiger won. So my t- Tiger does make he my does three make, down. Okay, he okay. makes it. Not All my right. winner, though. That's okay, though. Uh, Golf TV released a video uh, giving Tiger a cake, uh, congratulating him for winning the Masters. And Tiger was hobbling out of this car like a 85-year-old man. Yep. And it was it was jarring to see. It was like, did he just well, get we, injured again? Like, what happened? Like, is he going to play the rest of the year? And then, you know, the next day they showed video of him hitting balls. But I guess there are some mornings, at least back then when the knee was still an issue as well, that it he was just, bizarre to watch. Yeah, and you're like, this guy won it all. This guy won his 15th major two weeks ago. Like, is this like, how is this happening? But. <laughs> That was what a strange one. Well, one of the weirdest quotes of the year, you and I were talking about this past week, about Tiger saying that he couldn't bend over to read pots. Yeah. Like, none of us knew. Like, there was never, ever in our, in our, uh, in our landscape this year. We never mentioned it. We never talked about it. Like, no. Reading pots, it was that yeah, bad, Bob? really like, couldn't bend. I just tried to think back of his, did we ever see him sort of kneeling down or anything? I can't. I'll, I don't to, know. I'll look back at the tape. look back at the tape. Bob, your what of 2019? My what is really, um, it's a little bit of a look forward, and it really grammatically should be a who. <laughs> but what Canadian is going to get one number two on the PGA Tour amongst that group yeah. right now? We have perhaps the best depth we've ever had on the PGA Tour, and we've got Mackenzie Hughes with a win, we've got Nick Taylor with a win, we've got Adam Hadwin with a win, and now we've got Corey Connors for a win. And there's a bunch of Canadians who have had one wins in their career going back in history, but I want to see which is going to be the guy of that group to get their second win, or maybe someone will come up and win two in right. one year, but that group, those four players are, are I don't know, I, I just want to see one of them get through and break through and get that one, and I'm assuming it might be Hadwin or Connors, but I could make you a case for Taylor sure. or Hughes just as well. So I, I'm with you. I can make a case for all of them. If I had to pick one, you put a gun to my head, I would pick Adam Hadwin for one reason and one reason only, not just because he's playing well right now, but he does so well in the desert, we're coming up to January where the tour hangs out in the desert a couple times. Wouldn't surprise me if Adam Hadwin grabbed one in the desert. Mm-hmm. He's like the it's Canadian desert there. fox. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. Uh, my what, I won't dwell on it because, Scully, you hammered it earlier in the show, but what happened to Jordan Spieth between Thursday breakfast and yeah. Sunday breakfast? Yeah. I mean, off a cliff in the scoring average, in the statistics, still not back to where we were. The fact that we're still here a couple of years later now, we all assume that eventually he would dig himself out of this and return to the Jordan Spieth that we know and we knew. But now we're a couple of years, and I'm starting to wonder, you know, is he ever going to get back to that level again? Is Are we going to see a top five player in the world, Jordan Spieth, again? I don't know. Is there too much scar tissue that has laid over the last couple seasons to get back there? I have a lot of what's, a lot of questions, a lot of ifs. And the one thing I can read into that scoring average that you brought up earlier in the show is, to me, that is not nothing physical. Talking about scar tissue, when you can be in the top one, two, three, or four in scoring average on Thursday and Fridays, 
across you know an entire season and then fall off a cliff Saturday, Sunday, that's down to trust. And that's down to ownership. And it's down to being comfortable in your own skin. And that's what scares me when we talk about the six inches between the ears where he, with the exception of Tiger Woods, the strongest player I've seen of this century between the years was Jordan Spieth. And now it might be the weakest club in his bag. Well, and the fact that he wasn't even a consideration for the President's Cup. No, you can't. To think Jordan Spieth and team event. He didn't even get invited to the pre- Yeah, like, to that dinner in, in, in August. Yeah. Pre-selection dinner. He's off the cliff. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right, guys. On the other side, my favorite time of the show is we wrap up our it's year of review special. wonderful time <laughs> It's not Festivus, Bob. It's oh, not Festivus. <laughs> it is our predictions for 2020. I'm looking for the big ones and the bold ones. We'll kick it off next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Addy Power Forged. Increase stability exactly where you need it. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. to an encore presentation of Golf Talk Canada. If you're up early enough, why not listen to the show live every Saturday morning at 8 on TSN 1050. This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As we wrap up our year-in-review specials, uh, last segment, guys, predictions, my favorite part of the show. I'll kick us off here with some my annual prediction. <laughs> Oh, yes. Tigers we retiring? We, no, no, no. <laughs> okay. I, I have married that way. I'm going to go the opposite way with Tiger this year. I will go first with my annual prediction that we will have multiple winners on the PGA Tour by Team Canada. Yes, yes sir! <laughs> I'm going with the... Uh, eventually, we are going to... Uh, if I keep saying it, eventually I'm going to be right. And I will uh, follow that up with my other annual prediction... Brooke Henderson will win the Ladies' British Open. There you go. <laughs> okay. There you go. So I just had to get those out of the way. Oh, yeah. they're, they're the, my, my, the automatic. That's my, like your auntie. My auntie. Yeah, that's my auntie. I think Tiger Woods will represent Team mm. USA. I think Tiger Woods will have three wins in the season. Not the calendar. So, but so the, two more. Two more wins. He will represent Team USA in the Olympics, and he will medal. Mm. Tiger Woods will medal in Tokyo. I think it's the number one thing on his radar right now, keeping him engaged in in, in 2020 and keeping him ready to play. I, 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 I am certainly going to go with that. I am going to tell Adam Skelly, reiterate to Adam Skelly, that Phil Mickelson will be a player on the Ryder Cup team in 2020. Oof. Wow. And Sergio Garcia will not at him. And our bet stands <laughs> for a from healthy wager. Yes. Our bet, our bet stands from the weekend. And uh, guys, John Rahm's going to win a major in 2020. I don't know mm. which one, but John Rahm is going to win a major. He's too angry not to win one. Oof, that's Ooh. good. And good uh, I'll go with that. Bob, predictions 2020. Okay, first one is uh, is a good one. I think we're going to have a winner 
on the Champions Tour, and his name's going to be Mike Weir. Nice! Ah, Mike Weir turns 50, May yes, 12th, and yes. I think he's going to go in there, and he's going to uh, show off his stuff and his, all the hard work he's been putting on for the last couple of years. I think we'll get it. Uh, I have another prediction. I think there's someone else who's going to win, and uh, she's going to win a medal, and her name is Brooke Henderson, and it's going to happen in Tokyo. Nice. I'm not going to say which one. I'll keep my options. I did that, that too. Three, a little wider, right? <laughs> I, I <laughs> a went, wider we're both going with the, the show bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also had, just because I stole, I stole your, uh, we were the same in our, in our, our uh, earlier conference yes. before uh, about, uh, about the Canadian Opens. Um, I think two Canadians are going to win on the PGA Tour this year. Nice. So there's, there we go there. I think there will be record low scores this year at the RBC Canadian Open. I think they are going to eat up uh, St. George's, George's Golf and Country Club. I hope they don't, but I, after what they did last time around there where there was a score of 60, we'll see what happens. And my bigger prediction here will be that the guy to slip on the green jacket next year is going to be from Northern Ireland. Rory is going to complete the Grand Slam. A career Grand Slam. There we go. Very nice. Uh the one thing I'm holding on to, and I, I, I think it's pie in the sky thinking, Bob, on your St. George's prediction, is they, you know, they did the renovation. They leveled, was it the third green, the par three, mm-hmm. which was the one that yep. forced them to keep the green speeds slower the last time around because there was too much pitch from back to front. So they had to keep the green speeds mm-hmm. around like nine and a half. And you have to keep that consistent across the whole golf course, which really, I'm hoping, I don't know, I got my fingers crossed. That they've done enough to the pitch of that green. I haven't played it since the renovation. That where maybe we can get the green speeds back up to eleven and a half scores. I don't care. Yeah, it's don't gonna care. be great to see it. Yeah. And for me, it's a home game. I can walk there. Yeah, I'm taking the subway to the, uh, to the bus to, to the uh, Canadian Open next year. There you go. Can I walk from the subway station? No, no? but I'll come pick you up. All right. I like it. I like it. All right, Scully. Well, it's funny. So I, I made some predictions as well, and one of mine is similar to yours, Bob, and that Rory McIlroy will complete the career Grand Whoa, Slam. There we go. Right. I also picked the major winners uh, throughout the wow. year. So I have uh, Tony Finau winning the PGA Championship. Right. I have Xander Shoffley winning the U.S. Open. And I have Brooks Kepka winning the Open Championship Ooh. this year. So he has three legs of the career Grand Slam. Wow. Uh, okay. I think Brooke Henderson will win a major. Ah, you not, took one of my saying, rapid fire, fire questions yes, away. Not saying which one, but I right. think she will win right. one. And I think Tiger wins at Torrey Pines yet again. Wow. Okay, because that's now that's two wins early in a PGA Tour season, that's which right. brings me to our rapid fire because we only have about four minutes left. So rapid rapid fire. I say Tiger wins has three wins on the season, 2019-20. Bob, three wins on the season. You take the over or the under? I take the under. I think he's going to get one. What? You're, he's done with the Oz, uh, the Zozo Championship. He's done for the year. Well, no, one in the calendar. Year. So two oh, for the yeah, season. Yeah, two, okay. for the two for the season. Yeah. Uh, Scully, three wins. Over, under, or you take the push? Tiger. I'm taking the push, yeah. You're with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Three wins. Okay. Who is the number one player in the world sitting right here at this desk this time next year? I will tell you that Rory McIlroy will be the number one player in the world this time next year. Bob, who's the number one player in the world? Uh, Dustin Johnson. Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka staying with the man yeah, in charge. Go. You think he's going to continue the way? I, like I was going to say Rory, but agreeing on you. Know, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. And you're sticking with our bet. Sergio's going to play. I think they're going to play. I think Sergio's going to make the Ryder Cup team. Right. Phil will also make the Ryder Cup you team. You like them both there. Okay. And then Sergio will beat Phil in the singles. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. True or false? 
America wins the Ryder Cup on American soil in 2020. True or false, true. Bob? False. False? True. 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 I go with true as well. Wow. I like this. We should have just done two hours of me rapid fire. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Guys, thanks so much. Uh, uh, not just for, uh, obviously, today, but for the year. You know, we can't tell anybody, but we actually love what we do. Yes. I hope no one's listening. <laughs> or maybe the check won't clear. <laughs> if you know we do it for free, then we're there. We're yeah. in really big trouble. So uh, I know we talked a little bit about Mama Scully and you with your uh, with not being able to defend and Bob with you and your father. You know, with the the incident on um, sixteen on sixteen, but just we've got only a couple of minutes left. Just a per, you know, we didn't talk a lot about personal highlights this year. So just a couple off the top of your head. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some time because I'm throwing at you. So I'll, I'll give you mine some time. Obviously, my trip to Ireland was was a, a real highlight. Just to be able to go and do that again and uh, is a real treat and with a great group of people and uh, not having the yips. For an entire yeah, season. That's big. And playing golf with one putter from April 1st to this present day is just like, uh, I don't even understand that. I can't even put that in the words. And uh, a 66 from the tips at Summit with, uh, with Hammer. And Hammer shot 68 that day because <laughs> that, you know, that guy is so good and he knows that golf course inside out. But to throw 66 at that, those probably my three from a personal. Uh, oh, I should say, winning the parent-child with uh, mm-hmm. with Marty again and his game. Wow, my Marty's game, night, night and day. That kid has got himself a golf game all of a sudden. Bob, personal highlights. Well, obviously, that finishing runner-up in the father-son with my dad was pretty cool. Uh, him at eighty-seven years old. Not sure how many t- more times we'll mm-hmm. be able to yeah. play that together. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I think going to all four majors again, the last major I missed was the 2009 Open Championship, and I consider myself very, very privileged to mm-hmm. be able to go and walk the fairways and, and travel the world and see these, uh, see these places. It's, uh, it's pretty spectacular uh, for what I do for a living. And, and my cameraman, one of the cameramen I work with, Mark Millette, always says to me when we have a bad day or something, he says, Bob, you're being paid to watch the Masters. <laughs> paid to watch the Open. So yes. uh, I consider myself pretty privileged. Adam, minute left. A uh, minute left. I'd say uh, I was one over in a two-round stretch uh, earlier this yes. year, so that was fun. But the, the trip to Ireland uh, was amazing. Yes, being two groups behind Jordan Spieth, playing Port Marnock, everything around being a Royal Port Rush, thirty-six holes at Royal County Down, uh, shooting a seventy-six at Ballybunion, and sitting about a, from media away from Tom Watson for lunch that afternoon. It was uh, it was a spine-tingling trip, and one I'll never, never forget. And a career and a career high in the uh, deadlift. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much. Honor and a pleasure to work with both of you. It's an absolute treat and uh, couldn't work with a better group of people, not just in this room with you you both, but also the people behind the scenes here at TSN and the other people involved with Golf Talk Canada. Thank you to all of you for all your support and what you do. And thank you to our listeners and our viewers for allowing us to do what we do each week. We, We just absolutely have a blast and we can't wait to come back in 2020 with more. Thank you to our sponsors. Without them, we can't do what we do. And we're just lucky to be associated with world-class brands here. Uh, it's, it's just top-notch, platinum, first-class cl- brands attached with Golf Talk Canada. And that just makes us better. So thank you for everything you do. We're going to be back February 1st, Season 10, Golf Talk Canada Radio. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Be safe. Have fun. We'll see you February one for Season 10 of GTC. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. 
This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, podcasts, show archives, our YouTube channel, or for more information, visit us online at GolfTalkCanada.com.